Mary. Join me as we look at Disney destinations and what you need to know so you can be a jolly traveler. Hello, jolly travelers. Welcome back to episode number three. My name is Mary and I want to be talking to you today about our trip that we just got back from. We got back two days ago and so I've had a little bit of time to kind of think about everything that happened and how I wanted to talk to you today about the changes that are happening at Disney World. And what I want to specifically say to start off with is all the things that I'm about to tell you of what we experienced and what we saw and how things were. I want you to understand that the way travel is right now to different destinations, all of these things can change. They can change from day to day, from week to week. So just because this was my experience with something doesn't necessarily mean it'll be the same thing for you if and when you decide to go to Disney. But I do want to keep you up to date if you are thinking about taking a trip or have a trip planned. This was my experience as of last week. And that's one of the things with the podcast is I want to continually update people on changes because like I said, it changes a lot. Literally, I just got uh, some news of something that had changed from when we were there last week. So it's ever-changing, and that's one reason to have this podcast is so that people can stay current on the climate and the situation traveling to Disney destinations. So we're going to get right into the very beginning because that's always the very best place to start. We're going to talk about travel day, and we might get into the first park because we did go to a park the first day that we got there. So I want to talk about our beginning adventures. Now, we live in the South, and so when we choose to fly, typically we will book with Southwest because I feel like they have very good service, typically, and the pricing is very competitive. Disney does offer you the ability to bundle your air in with your resort package, so if you're living in some other part of the country, it might be worth it financially to kind of price that out to see the pricing if you want to have that bundled. But for myself, and I would say 99% of my clients, they will book their own air because the pricing is so much better. So we flew on Southwest. And this is a change that will affect anybody if you are flying from what it used to be. So normally, you would go to your airport, you would have some yellow Magical Express tags to put on your checked luggage. You would check your luggage at your airport, and then you would not see your bags again until they would show up in your resort hotel room. One of the changes Disney has made since COVID is they do not offer that service any longer. So no longer will you be provided with yellow Magical Express tags to put on your luggage. You certainly have the option always of just doing carry-on. So you don't have to worry about, you know, you'll have your bags with you all the time. But if you do have check luggage, you'll check your luggage at your airport, arrive in Orlando, then you will go and retrieve your bags and you will take your bags with you to the Magical Express where the driver will put your bags underneath the bus. Then when you get to your resort, you'll have to get your bags from the driver and take them with you to your room. Now, a couple of things about that. 
I always believe in this anyway, but especially since the driver is handling your luggage on and off the bus, I think it's important to say that we do tip the driver. It's not required. I just think it's a nice gesture and goodwill. They're working hard to get you to your resort, and now they're handling your luggage twice. So just keep that in mind. We always like to have cash on hand to tip in situations like that. Also, when we got there, one of the things, this has been an option for quite a while now and has not worked very well in the past. So I always discourage my clients from doing it. But now it's really the way to go with the changes with COVID. And we tried it and didn't have any problems. And that is online check-in. Disney is wanting to decrease the amount of people at their front desk. And so they highly encourage online check-in. Since online check-in now is so heavily encouraged, we decided to give it a shot and see how it worked. And we did that and it worked fine. And we got a notification before we got to the resort that our resort room was ready. So once we got off the Magical Express, we were able to go directly to our room. Now, in the event that you got there and you have your bags with you and your room was not ready because we got there probably around 10, 15, 10, 30. If your room was not ready, they do have luggage services available outside. Most of them are outside the resorts where you can take your bags. You can leave them. They'll give you a, a check ticket so that you can retrieve your bags whenever you're ready. And they will keep them there for you so that you can, you don't have to worry about going around the resort carrying your luggage. Or if you decide like we did to go to a park, your luggage is safe until you get back and can retrieve the luggage. So now I want to talk a little bit about our rooms. I had mentioned in episode one that we were going to be staying at Disney's Pop Century, which is the only value resort that is currently opened. All the other ones are still closed. And when we stay at pop especially there are different room categories you can get standard you can get preferred you can get standard pool view preferred pool view we always pay a little extra to have the preferred room and what that preferred room will guarantee you is that you're going to have close proximity to the food court and to the bus service And it can vary how much it it is per night more to have preferred, but we have always found it is reasonable and worth it for us to do that. Now, with Disney, you can attach room requests to your reservations. Disney never guarantees a room request, but they do try to do it when they can. For this trip, we had requested building four or five Because those buildings are close to the Skyliner hub as well. When we got there, we did not get building four or five, which was fine. We still had a really good room, but I just wanted to bring that up. While they do try their best to honor room requests, it's not always a given. So I don't ever want my clients to, you know, be so set in their mind that they're going to get a room request because sometimes it doesn't happen. I would say nine times out of 10 when we've requested something, we've gotten it, but it's not a guarantee. So I just wanted to bring that up again, that just because you request it does not mean that you're going to get the room that you want. But what, like I said, what we had, it wasn't a preferred location. It was literally the building right next door to the food court. It was on the fourth floor 
which that wasn't an issue for us. Some clients like to be on the first floor so they don't have to do the elevators or the stairs. But we figured that was a, a little uh, morning and evening workout. We tried to slough it up those stairs every morning and night, but it, it worked out just fine. Another thing that has changed at the resorts is the housekeeping, or as Disney likes to call it, mousekeeping. Traditional housekeeping at these resorts would be like you are familiar with. You leave your hotel room, the housekeeping staff comes in, they make the beds, they take out the trash, they refill anything that needs to be refilled, new towels, the whole nine yards, and that would happen on the daily. But now they have changed that. Number one, housekeeping only comes in every other day. Every other day is the only time. Now you can call down to the front desk if you need more of something and they're happy to provide that for you. But you're not going to see a housekeeper except every other day. When they do come every other day, the only thing they're doing is taking out the trash and providing you with new towels if you need them. The whole time we were there, our bed was not made. I purposely just left them unmade the whole time to see if maybe it was like a fluke, but they didn't make the bed. So that's one of the things I always look forward to when I come back after a busy park day. You come in in the room, the beds are all made and pristine and looking nice. We did not, not that that hampered us in any way on this trip, but it, we just didn't have made beds that we're, we're used to having. So that is a change from what it was before COVID, before the shutdown, is that they only come every other day. They will not make your beds. You're just getting your trash taken out and some new towels or if you need more toilet paper or whatever you might need there. So that's a change also. Another thing that has changed is the food court situation. In the past, Disney at the resorts, they have, and it just depends, some of the locations have smaller quick service locations. Some of them like Pop, they have a pretty big quick service location because that's the only dining option there at Pop is the quick service. So you would go in before the shutdown and you would have four or five different places to order from and they would have different varieties like one window might have pizza and one window might have salads and one window might have like a hot plate item you know like a meat and three and the the menus would kind of rotate not dramatically but they would rotate and then you would have cases that were filled with desserts and pastries and different things like that and you could just kind of go in and get whatever you wanted and then you would go to an aisle and they would check you out not anymore you have to order on the mobile app so it's important that you have your my disney experience app loaded on your smartphone because you will be using it a lot most of it is to order food because you cannot go in anywhere and stand in front of a menu and make your order and wait at a window that's gone you have to place your mobile order outside of the location you have to wait until you get a notification that your order is ready and it will tell you what window inside to go to to find your order. You have to show proof to the cast member outside of the dining location that indeed your order is ready and then you get to go inside. We liked going in before the shutdowns. You could go in and they would have such a big selection of things. Now the menu is very limited. When we were there, we love a good cupcake. And typically at the pop, there would be, oh, I don't know, five or six different cupcake options on any given day. 
there was one cupcake option. It was the same cupcake option the entire week that we were there. Which, again, I mean, first world problems, it's not a big deal. But it's different than what it has been in the past. So if you go, just expect limited offerings. Not that the offerings are bad in any way, but they are limited. So that's something to keep in mind when you're traveling. Another thing that we do quite often is that we will order from Amazon groceries and have them delivered. And I do want to really talk about this for a minute because I had been reading a change to that procedure from what it was in the past, but I had a different experience and I confirmed that with the luggage services crew. So I want to let you know my experience. What it has always been in the past is you could order your items, pick your delivery time, Amazon driver will bring it to luggage services and then luggage services would hold the items there until you came to pick it up and then you would come and pick it up and bring it back to your room. What I had been reading before our trip was that luggage services was no longer holding items. So you were going to be required to meet your driver and get them directly from the driver. So I had fully prepared that that was going to be the case. And I had set up a really early delivery on Monday morning in order to be able to meet the driver. However, that was not the case. They delivered it. Luggage services took it. And I just confirmed with luggage services. I said, you know, is this the normal? And they said, absolutely. We have refrigerated sections back here. We can keep things for you until you come and pick them up. Now, there is still the charge to do that. I think it's $5, which is totally worth it. But we will typically order things to have in the room like water or flavored water or Cokes or what we're going to have for breakfast or snacks because all of that will cut down on having to get things inside the park. And it works out great for us. We, we like to make sure that we have things in our room. And it comes in especially handy now with the um, limited access to the food court that you have you just have stuff in your room readily available so I highly there's lots of different companies that do this you know garden grocers uh, Amazon pantry lots of other places that do that and will deliver right to the resort so just keep that in mind that is a really good way to cut down the cost some on food is having things in your resort room Another thing I want to touch back on is your room, your actual room at POP for this discussion. This resort has recently been refurbished, and so I want to make everyone aware of what it's going to look like when you go into your room because it can be very deceiving. Most rooms at POP have two queen beds. The way you're going to see it when you walk into your room, there's going to be one stationary queen bed, and then you're going to see a table and two chairs. And you're going to walk in and think, where's the other bed? That second bed is actually a Murphy bed that you can fold down and then that's your second queen. I happened to overhear several guests 
uh, going to the front desk and they were complaining saying that they had booked a room with two queens and their room only had one bed. So I wanted to point that out to you so you would not have that same experience of walking in and thinking that you only had one bed. Now there are some rooms that have one king bed but obviously you can visually tell one king bed. It's quite a bit bigger than just having that one queen size bed. So I wanted to point that out that if you go into your room and you see a stationary bed and then a table and chair you're just going to pull the chairs back to the side pull down on that and that's going to be your second queen bed also my experience and I, I know others had it as well because I was there when it happened I got a message on my phone not until Wednesday which I thought was interesting since we checked in on Sunday but I got a message on my phone saying that I needed to come to the front desk to pick up an envelope when I got to the front desk um, there was quite a bit of a wait there And when I got to the window, what that envelope was, was our magical extras, which was a pass so we could enjoy a round two miniature golf. So I'm telling you this in case you're not interested in using that pass for mini golf, that that's what that's for. If you weren't going to use that, you might not feel the need to go down there and get that envelope, but just going to give you a heads up that that's what that was. Also, the Pop Century, as we discussed in episode one, is one of the resort that is on the Skyliner path, if you will. The Skyliner will take you from Pop Century to the main hub, which is at Caribbean Beach. So you'll have to get off your Skyliner bucket there and then transfer. You're either going to transfer to Hollywood Studios or you're going to transfer on to the other line, which will stop at the Riviera Resort, and you won't have to get off there. And then it takes you on into Epcot. So that's a really good, convenient way to travel to those parks. Now, we are going to talk about travel on the Skyliner on Hollywood Studio Days later on a different podcast episode. I have no reservations at all if you're traveling to Epcot. You won't have any issues at all. That park currently is open from 11 to 9, so you'll have a nice lazy morning that morning, not having to get to the park till later, and you will not have any issues of getting on that Skyliner and it taking you right over. So the Skyliners will operate an hour before park opening. So if you're trying to go on a Hollywood Studios day, know that the operations of that will start at nine o'clock because the park opens at 10. And we're going to go more into detail about that, like I said, on the Hollywood Studio Travel Day, but that's the way that will work is that they will start running and then they typically will run 30 minutes to an hour. It will operate after park closing and um, it is it is a wonderful, enjoyable ride. We we love going on the Skyliner just to ride the Skyliner. So that's that's always a fun time. Now I want to talk a little bit about mask. Okay, this. Okay, the mask. <laughs> I know that this is a deal breaker for some people of having to wear a mask, and we knew going into this that we were going to be going possibly one of the hottest times of the year and having to wear a mask. Now, for me in my everyday life, I don't wear a mask all day, every day. My husband works in the automotive industry, and it's required for him to wear a mask every day when he's at work. So he was much more conditioned for the mask than I was. So it took a little bit 
to get me used to having the mask on, but this is what I want to stress to you about the mask. There are a lot of different kind of masks out there, and I took several different kinds to try them to see what worked best, and we're going to talk about that now. So, I had bought some really cute, fashionable masks from Old Navy. They had some with the jungle print designs, and they had some polka dots, and some solid colors, and some paisley. They were really cute. And I thought, okay, I'm going to wear these. Now, those masks are made out of cotton, and I, not a breathable cotton. I felt like my whole face and head was going to burst into flames in those masks. It was not a happy time. I did not last in those masks not long at all. So what I want to tell you all, don't, don't, don't do it. The second mask I tried was one that I purchased in the park. So it was a Disney mask. It was real cute. It had Mickey Mouse and you'll see tons of people. Hey, and kudos to them if they could do it. Like hats off to you. I tried that it was better than the old navy mask, but it was still hot on my face. It was just, it was just not comfortable wearing all day. Now, will I totally be able to get my $6 back on that mask wearing it around town uh, to, you know, to go to the grocery store or something like that? Absolutely. But to wear for eight, 10 hours a day outside in heat and humidity, no, mm-mm. And like I said, you're going to see lots of them. Hats off to you. I, it, was not, I, it was not good. I couldn't do it. The next one I tried was one that my husband had bought to wear at work because he works in a hot area. And this was a thin, it almost felt like a, uh, it was a slicky, like, I want to say nylon because that makes me think I had a pantyhose on my face. But it was a very thin breathable mask and he ordered it offline that was much more comfortable than the other two so I think it's important that you have something that's pretty I don't want to say stretchy but you could just tell it was breathable it's not as thick that worked fine but I'm gonna tell you hands down no bones about it the best mask to wear down there for that were the disposable hospital masks they weren't as heavy on your face you could get more airflow in, in the mask. And you'll see a lot of those around as well. We had purchased quite a few of those before we left. I think we ended up, we got them at Target. Um, I think they were 20 masks. I don't know. I've seen them at Aldi's. By far, that was the best, personally, were those uh, disposable hospital masks. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little tip I learned while I was down there, I wouldn't recommend doing this in a child's mask, but I did it in mine and it made a world of difference. So I had some peppermint essential oils that I had with me. Now, if you've ever used peppermint essential oils, you'll know it's very potent. It's very strong. It doesn't take a lot. If you will put one drop, don't put it up in the mask towards your eye section, but if you'll put it down kind of where your nose or mouth section would be, even it could be to the side. It didn't have to be directly on top of where your nose or mouth was. That made it so much cooler under that mask. It made me be able to breathe easier. And it just opened everything up. It made everything much cooler under the mask. Now, I would reapply that one drop. You know, maybe I would start out in the morning. Maybe by midday, I would need another drop. And then toward the end of the day. So, it wasn't something I had to keep applying and reapplying. 
but that one drop of peppermint oil made all the difference. Now, if you put it up towards your eyes, you're gonna your eyeballs are gonna be on fire, and you're gonna have it's gonna look like you're having an emotional breakdown because it will cause your eyes to water. But if just keep in mind, you want to put it down toward the lower part of your mouth, down at your mask area. And like I said, I wouldn't recommend it doing it to a little child, but for an adult, it made a huge difference in being able to not feel so hot under that mask. Did my upper lip still sweat? Yes, but it was much more tolerable having that disposable mask on and having that one little drop of peppermint oil that made it so much better. And to be honest, by the middle to the end of the week, I forget I had the mask on. It was a, it, it was a learning process to get used to having that on all the time, but um, it didn't take long. And, and, and the kids, I noticed the kids down there, I paid special attention to how the kids were doing. Of all the days I was there and all the things I was watching, I saw one child, she might've been three, that was throwing a fit, didn't want to put the mask back on. But the other kids were like champs. They did great. So that's my little tip on the mask. The last thing I want to leave with is I just want to let you know that my experience for this week, and we're going to talk more about it in the other weeks, were basically the crowd levels were so low, so low. Like I've never experienced anything like that at Disney ever. The low crowds then in turn meant low wait times. So we were able to do so many things, so many things. The safety, the attention to detail with safety precautions, the way that Disney approached you felt, you truly felt like they had your safety and your best interest in mind. It was so clean, so clean down there. It was always clean beforehand, but now it's like a new level, next level of clean. And the cast members, there were so many cast members and they were so appreciative. I cannot tell you the amount of times the cast members were like, thank you so much for being here. You being here means the world to us. Because if you think about it, if people stop coming, that's their jobs. This is their job to be there. And if nobody's coming, then they're out of a job. And the cast members who are always so nice, you could tell when we got off the bus on the Magical Express, to Pop Century, all of the cleaning crew that was outside, and I would say there was probably six to eight, were lined up on two sides, clapping and welcoming us. Thank you so much for being here. Like it was, I almost broke down just getting off the bus because you could tell they were so appreciative for us being there. I, it was a great time to travel. We're going to talk more about that in future episodes, day by day of our experience with the crowds and different things. If you are thinking about taking a trip, I will tell you that Disney has just released that anybody that travels through the end of 2020, that they are allowing you to cancel your reservation for any reason up to 24 hours before you travel with no penalty. So this is a huge deal. If you're thinking about going and you're just not sure because things are ever changing, this is a way for you to book something. And hey, if you're not able to go, you cancel right before you go, you haven't lost anything. If you are wanting more information or wanting some prices, you can always reach out to us at www.jollyholidaytravelcompany.com. You can visit our website. You'll have information on uh, myself and our other agents that are there to help you. We would love to get some pricing together for you to see if that's something that you would be interested in doing. And really, like I said, 
you're not going to be out anything. If something changes and you're not able to go, you get all your money back. We would love to help you in any way. And until next time, thank you so much. Our next uh, episode, we'll be visiting um, Animal Kingdom. So come back and we'll talk more about that. Have a great week. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me. I'm so grateful for our community. Until next time, whether traveling the world, the neighborhood, or just through life, remember, travel jolly.